0: And he is. Hallelujah. Don't ever doubt the devil is real. Now, Sunday morning after service, I am going to be releasing people. But after that service, I will be making a statement uh, about my perspective about these new laws that the uh, political party that is helping govern our nation are passing. You might have heard about the law. That was passed in New York. Did any of you hear that? Have you heard about the law that Virginia governor is pushing for? That is the law that has went the extra step that even if a woman gives birth to the child before the child is declared living. They put the child off. He said the child will be kept comfortable. I will have his statements Uh, for you to hear, the child will be kept comfortable until the mother goes through counseling. At that time, if the child has deceased or expired, they will resuscitate the child if possible, and then the mother can either have the child live or the child will be put to death. Now that is, here is what it is. It is the seed of evil. When Roe versus Wade was passed, people thought freedom, liberty. And if we oppose that liberty or that freedom, then they will take other liberties and freedoms from us. But because everything of the devil that promises you something good always ends up bringing you something more evil, that has come to pass. The sole purpose of the seed of the beginning of Roe versus Wade that was not resisted by our nation and by the people of that nation, not just the government of our nation, the people of this nation, because it was not resisted, that seed has come back in its fullness of fruit. And now we will be legally openly killing human beings. Now you say, that's horrible. Think about every time that a deliverer came to Israel. In Egypt, they started killing the children under the age of two. Herod orchestrated the same deed before the coming of Jesus Christ. You might say, well, is God allowing this? God is allowing the evil of man. And every way of man is right in his own heart. And for all those that prophesy that America will be blessed and shine like a star and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure that I want that. But if we cover our nation with the innocent blood of babies. We certainly will not be blessed. Nor will we prosper. And so all for all of those that made those great proclamations from California to the tip of Florida, they were nothing but honey-dipped words that have never met anything, never come to pass in all the years that they've proclaimed them. They're just repetitive nonsense. And so do I think that we will prosper? We will. The righteous will prosper, and I believe that. God has given us faith, and if we will use faith, we will prosper. But as a nation, to think that a nation rejects God, kills innocent-born children, and calls evil good and good bad, that will not be a place of blessing. And I really don't care who says it. It's just not going to happen. So we want to make sure that we live our lives right with God. And that we stand up for that which is right. Amen. Too long the church has just been mealy-mouthed about everything from sex to marriage to abortion. Everything. It just sits silent. And it's time for us to start getting active. Amen? So is the devil real? Well, it seems like uh, he is the only murderer in the crowd and his children. And so these things are going to come to pass. These will just be the beginning of the evils of this nation and of the world. It will be just the beginning. Amen? And... uh You know, Nancy Pelosi is wanting five billion dollars to send around the world for abortion, and uh, you know, I think it's just totally wrong. So there you go. All right, let's. uh, But I'm going to be expounding on that on Sunday morning after I dismiss uh, the service, and I'll be giving you some comments from my perspective as a believer, not from my perspective as a pastor, because. I do respect your right to vote Democrat or Republican, but whatever party you bring the blood of a nation and a world up on us, that's whose hands you will stand before God. Amen. And uh, so that's how I feel. All right, hey, let's uh, turn our Bibles to Second Timothy 2: 22 through26. Remember, we're talking about, we, as believers, have been delivered. Somebody say, have been. So we are not trying to be, we are something. We are those that have been, Jesus gave himself, Galatians 1, 4, for us that we might be delivered from this present evil world. We're not trying to get delivered. Here's one thing that believers, you and I need to understand. We are not fighting from a perspective of hopelessness or perspective that we are the underdog. We are fighting from a seated place above, not beneath. Amen? And so we are the one that has the advantage. The devil has been stripped of his power and so we cannot attribute that power back to him by saying that we're trying to get free or we're trying to be blessed or we're trying to be healed. No, we are something that he is trying to steal. Amen. Yes. Amen. All right. In 2 Timothy 2:22 2, says this, flee ye also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strife, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men apt to teach patient. Now in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God preadventure will give them repentance to the knowledge of the truth, and that they may recover themselves. Somebody say themselves. Themselves Themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Now here we really have a picture of people being imprisoned by a powerless foe for the simple fact that you could set yourself free tells us that the devil is not the one in control. So no matter where you are, what you're bound by, what you're limited by, what you're shackled to, what you are restrained from achieving, what you have to understand is that God is not your opposition, the devil is, and you are greater than him. You're greater than anything that he has built, formed, or created for you against your life. Now, tonight, we're going to be talking about what creates things that attract devils. Attract devils. Because a lot of times, people are inviting the devil into their life. Just like these people right here. He tells them, flee these things. Don't do these things. Don't get involved in these things. Yet they have been. It's not the first time Paul's warned them. Not the first time that Paul has warned Timothy to warn them. Timothy has been instructing faithful men in the doctrine and in the teachings of Paul. And Timothy has been giving them to faithful men. These men have become unfaithful. They've went back to youthful lust. They've allowed things to penetrate or to permeate the barriers of protection of righteousness. So now they're snared. And so Paul says, look, you could free yourself. In other words, he gives us kind of a, uh, a picture of someone that has the key to the door that is so lazy he won't get up and turn the key. You cannot be a slothful man and expect to prosper or to live in the blessings of Christ. It is the diligent man that prospers. The slothful man will come to ruin. So you cannot have the tools of freedom and not use those same tools. And God gives you something. It's kind of like if God gives you a promise, I'll meet all your needs according to my riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You know what God's attitude is? Anything you want. You go ahead and apply your faith, and it'll be provided. But God doesn't ever expect you to be to the point that your needs are not met. Why? He gave you a promise. He gave you a promise. Could I get an amen? If He gave you the promise, then the promise is your provision. And so, if you don't use the promise, it's not God's fault. That you didn't use what he gave you. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. So tonight we are just looking at that we as people should be, can be at our discretion because of God's provision for our freedom. Remember the truth and the truth shall set you free. Amen. So you can be free if you will simply apply the truth. All right, let's go to uh, Romans 6, 11 through 16. Romans 6, 11 through 16. And so Paul tells us through Timothy that we can be free from the snares of the devil. Don't ever think that where you are is where you have to stay. You don't. You can get up and you can get out. Amen. And uh, then in verse 11 uh, Romans six eleven. where are you at? There you go. And it says, Likewise reckon ye yourselves, de- yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto righteousness through Jesus Christ our Lord. In other words, count yourself, imagine yourself, accept your position in God. That you are alive under God. Freed from sin. It's penalty. It's power. It's separative nature. You have been joined to God. You are joined to God. But I don't feel like a Christian. You don't look much like one. But it doesn't matter. If God said you are, you are. Amen. And then it says... Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Now the negative mindset of that is, well, you know, i, I got to make sure I, I stay away from sin. No, what it's telling you is you have power over sin. You have power over sin. In other words, you can shut the door to the devil as much as Cain could have shut the door to the devil you are free from sin and its power as well as its lust or the desires that cause it to try to rule man you are free amen all right and then uh verse uh oh and that we are uh, therefore let it reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof neither Yield your members as instruments unto unrighteousness, unto sin. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law? But under grace, God forbid. Know ye not that to whomsoever ye yield your members, servants to you uh, to obey, his servants are ye whom you obey, whether of sin under death or of obedience under righteousness. Now, who is in charge to the access doors of your life? Who? We are. He that committeth sin is a servant of sin. If you want to stop being the servant of sin, just stop letting sin open the doors. Amen. How many of you have made sure your door's got a towel under the bottom of it, the cracks are all filled up, uh, you don't want any wind to get in? Well, because you are the one that can stop it. Doesn't matter what the wind is doing outside, you can stop it from coming in. Amen. Amen. You have charge of what's going to happen in your life and who is going to be involved in your life. All right, let's go to Matthew, the 12th chapter, verse 43 through 45. Matthew 12, and we're going to look at verse forty-three. Matthew 12, uh, 43 says this, When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and findeth none. Then he said, I will return unto my house from whence I came out, and and when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then... He goeth and taketh with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, that they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of the man is worse. Uh, the man is worse than the first, even so then shall also be unto this wicked generation. In other words, Jesus is warning us that when we get set free from an unclean spirit, that we don't go back do the same things that we did before that spirit was cast out or that spirit was left made to leave us. In other words, when you get born again, you have to change lifestyles. Amen? Now, lifestyles are attractants. We see right here. He comes back and finds it garnished. In other words, there are certain things that attract Certain spirits God inhabits the praises of his people. Well, what happens when people are depressed? The devil is attracted. He is looking for the weak. He is looking for the discouraged he's looking for those that are downcast within their self and they're downcast because They simply won't do certain things. Now, I do believe in that there is help for depressant people. But sometimes people just, they aren't depressed. It's just they don't do nothing to make anybody happy. Well, what do you do? I just sit and watch TV. That's depressing. Uh, Well, you know, I just sit and watch soap operas. That's depressing. And, uh, you know, that'll encourage you to have an affair. Praise God. It'll encourage you to lie, cheat, steal, do murder, do whatever. But look, it's what you put into your life is what you're going to get out of your life. And so you have to make sure that things are, that are happening in your life are not attractants to the devil. How many of you, are you if you were looking for a boyfriend, you look for an ugly one? Hmm, okay. How many of you pretty yourself up if you're going out to look for something other than ugly? Well, sure, we all do. Why? Because you know that however you dress yourself, that's what you're going to attract. And you want Bubba with three teeth and a half-shaved face and uh, big manure boots on and, uh, you know... Uh, Bib Dover on and, uh, you know, chewing tobacco coming down out of the corner of his mouth. If that's what you want, then just go out the way you look when you get up. And old Bubba will find you. But if you don't want old Bubba, you best wash your face, get the sleep out of your eyes, comb that little rat nest on the top of your head, put on some clean clothes, brush your teeth, and go out and avoid Bubba. See, sometimes people just, you know, they just take whatever comes in life. No, change your life. Let's go to Galatians 5, 16, 22. We all know these or this these passages of scripture, but the bottom line is they never change. The devil's still looking for foolish people that still think that the devil, that uh the Bible needs more than it has. No, the Bible does not need 18 companion books. To teach you how to be free. It doesn't need somebody else's testimony. To teach you how to be free. You don't need to buy. Seven syllabuses. Of how to live free. What you need to do is read the Bible. It's real simple. Just read the Bible. Now in Galatians 5.16. This I say. Walk in the spirit. And ye shall not fulfill. The lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the thing that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, what does the law do? I I just love people don't believe in the law. The law is not bad. The law is good. If you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. But any time that you get away from the Spirit, the law will tell you. All right, yeah. All right. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, imusations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like, or anything that even has a shadow of these things, of the which I testify or tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, uh, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. Faith, meekness, temperance against such there is no law. So anytime you get out of the fruit of the Spirit, the law reminds you that you're in the flesh. Now, didn't say the Spirit would. The law would. Okay. Because the Holy Ghost reveals to you the law. Okay. So we have to understand that in this passage of Scripture, if you want to attract the Spirit of God, there are things that you have to do. If you want to attract the devil and stop the Holy Ghost from moving in and controlling your life, then all you have to do is do the works of the flesh or anything that shadows them or anything that is reflective of them. That's all you got to do. So if you want to be without God, just do the works of the flesh. And uh, you know what? You'll attract something other than God. Amen. Hallelujah. And then James, the third chapter, says this. The uh, third chapter, verse 14, says, Wherever strife and envy is, there is confusion in every evil work. Strife and envy. Strife and envy. Difference. Differences. Wherever there is friction between people. That is not God. Is not natural. And you are just blatantly blind if you think you have to make your point at the cost of any type of difference between you and a brother. Absorb it. Take it in. Bear their burdens and move on. But you will cause the enemy to start having a doorway and just as sure as abortion was the seed to what we are facing right now that seed of strife will bring you to death just as well there is no seed planted that the devil is not coming back to get a harvest from just be smarter than the devil We know how he thinks. We know what he uses. We just keep falling into the same old, same old. Like the three stooges. You ever seen them? You know what's going to happen. They just keep doing it. Same old, same old. Stop being the devil's stooge. Yep, moving right along. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, Ephesians 4, 17. Remember, we're talking about that lifestyles are attractants. Lifestyles are attractants. Lifestyles are attractants. What did I say? Oh, Ephesians 4.17. Okay, uh, Lifestyle are attractants. Somebody say lifestyles lifestyle. are, attractants. are attractants. Anybody know what is the number one cause of sugar diabetes in America? Twinkies 20 pounds plus overweight. If you're overweight, 20 pounds, you are saying. Hey, sugar! Woo! Come here. Oh well, well, I'm overweight and I don't have sugar. I didn't say you did have. I just said they hung a sign out that you could have. Now that's just medically. So you want to make sure that you get rid of that twenty pounds. Well, I've tried, keep trying. Every time I do I gain five more pounds. Then quit gaining that five more pounds. Whatever it takes, get to the point that your life is adorned for longevity. Amen. Come on, it, it's it's real simple. Look, we can ward off disease by food and by exercise. Amen. All right, so if you know that these things cause that, then why do we want to do it? Because we'd rather deal with sugar than we would to have to keep health. Okay, thank you, cheering crowd over there, praise God. Where are they? I don't know, hallelujah, but I'm sure somebody's shouting. All right. Uh, let's go to Ephesians four seventeen. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. So we can be separated from the life of God simply by not knowing anything about God. And then it says, Who being past feelings have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness? But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitfulness of lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that ye may put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And then it goes on and tells us to put off our conversation, which we'll talk about in another session. But realize that if we adorn our lives or if we go back, to things that we have separated ourselves from, then we are re-adorning our life and inviting the devil to come. Right, amen. So we want to change our lifestyles. Let's go to Acts nineteen twenty. Acts nineteen twenty. This is one of the uh, reflections of the church today. Is a. Uh, that the church had been much like the Catholic Church. And you heard me right, the Catholic Church. One of the Catholic Church's great compromises was that whenever they conquered people, there was either one alternative, they became a part of the Catholicism, or they slew them. And the Catholic Church murdered, slew, hundreds of thousands of people that would not convert to Catholicism. You say, oh, you don't talk about that. It's history, and so it can be talked about. It's known openly. And so what happened was that the Catholic Church, you ever heard of All Saints Day? That simply means that they brought different saints, different gods and deities into Catholicism. And they brought them in to make deals with their uh, people that they were conquering so their people would forsake their faith and adapt to Catholicism. The sad thing about it is, is they've compromised so much that there's just not much of what God wants being reflective in Catholicism. And uh, if you look at Catholicism today, they're one of the richest, uh, biggest land hon- owners uh, in the world today. They are the only religion that has their own city, their own police force, and their own laws. Uh, But they never use their money to right the wrongs. Like a Catholic church could probably, in its power, stop abortion anytime they chose just by denouncing its members from being a part of them if they were involved in abortion. They won't do that because of money and influence. And they have billions of dollars. You go to the Vatican, which I've been there. You can go to the Vatican, and you can see all of the nations and all of the religions that they have plundered because they have brought back all of their riches and all of their wealth, and they have them hanging through the Vatican. And uh, you can see where they've... They conquered the Jews. You can see where they conquered uh, uh, Ethiopia. You can see all of these. They brought the statues, they brought their wealth back to the Vatican. And so the uh, Catholicism could do far more good than what it's doing instead of accumulating wealth charging people for false lives to get them out of purgatory into heaven or out of hell into heaven, lying to people, making billions of dollars off of it, they could use that better by simply attacking the issues that are confronting what they call themselves to be a part of Christianity. Have you ever asked somebody that's a Catholic, are you a Christian? What did they say to you? I'm a Catholic. You're right. Two different species. Entirely two different species. Now, there are many Catholics in Catholicism. I mean many believers in Catholicism. And they're just entrenched in tradition. But there are many, many, many people in Catholicism that do not believe in confessing and holding true to the faith of Jesus Christ. You ever get a chance, just go on YouTube and listen to the Pope. He'll just tell you how decrepit and broken and useless you are as a Protestant. And he will also tell you, in the state of Catholicism, his words, nobody else's, that if you do not belong to the mother church, that there is no hope of salvation to them that are not a part of Catholicism. And that is the doctrine of catholic church and you if you have a catholic bible you know it's right in there you can just read a page after page after page and if you don't have one when you're in a bookstore next time buy it read their doctrine it'll amaze you it'll it'll just encourage you hallelujah all right acts the 19th chapter you say why why do you speak of that stuff somebody's got to say something my word, we, we have become so mashed potato that we don't even know who we are anymore. We are afraid to say that we're Pentecostals. We're afraid to say we're charismatic. We're afraid that we, that to say we speak in tongues. We're afraid to say that we believe in miracles. We're afraid to say we live by faith. We're afraid to say we don't agree with somebody because we're going to be called a bigot, a racist, uh, intemperate, intolerant. None of those are true. None of those are true. But just because I don't believe like you doesn't mean I have to be quiet when you are babbling about your belief. I get a babble about mine. But I will honor your right to go to hell if you want to go there. But don't deny me the right to stand up for what is right and what you're standing for up in your error. Now you might say, well, you're talking like you're the only one. I'm not talking like I'm the only one. The Bible has already said who is the only one. Jesus Christ is the only one. And there is no other way to get to heaven except through him. Amen? All right. There you go. Now about half of you are ticked off. That's okay. Get over it. Come back Sunday. I can tick you off more. All right. Acts, the 11th chapter. And see, that, that, therein lies the problem. That somebody can get hacked off. Because I make a statement. But they'll defend error. In order. To take a stand against somebody. Because they made a statement. I haven't made any statement. That is not true. All right. Acts the 19th chapter and verse 11. And God wrought special miracles. By the hands of Paul. So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Then certain of the vagabonds, Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them, which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preacheth. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, a chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirits answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overcame them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and the Greeks that were dwelling at Ephesus, and fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord was magnified. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also, which used curious arts or cultic practices, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. What happened? The church cleaned itself up of curious, superstitious, witchcraft, occultic joinings in their ranks. In other words, the church realized if you were going to have power over the devil, it was going to require purity. It was going to require breaking free from anything that entertained demonic activity in your house. Curious arts, music, all types of things like that. They were cleansed of their house. Uh, In years past, I've had people buy me lots of stuff, from around the world. My neighbors, you know, they buy me all kinds of stuff. They buy me uh, Chinese balls. They, they buy me all that kind of stuff. What you do, I say, thank you. I walk to the trash, throw them. In. in fact, I don't put them in the trash in my house. I throw them in the trash outside the house. And neighbors, if you're watching, I'm sorry. I, you, you just waste your money. And uh, e- even people in the church buy you stuff. Listen, I don't bring that stuff into my house. I'm in too many countries I see too much darkness, too much witchcraft, too much satanic worship. I see it out there. It's just that they know that it's happening. They would never take a cross from you. But you would buy an item from them. You can't do that stuff. And what you do is you bring this stuff into your house. And then you wonder why... Things are happening or things are, you know, uh, are strange. Or, you know, sickness just showed up. Well, because you're opening the door to the devil. Now, I'm not saying that everything has a devil. But if you think that a warlock is making something that he's not putting a curse on. You are just superly deceived. If you think a Hindu or a fat little Buddha doesn't have a curse or doesn't have some act of faith connected with it that will bring you to that religion, you are deceived. You are deceived. I mean, I go into Christians' houses. They got Buddhas there. Oh, here's our little Buddha. I think a nut hitting a nut. And, And I mean that. It is just ignorance separating us from the life of God. Why would you have an idol in your house? Well, it's not real anymore. It is real. You know, well, I have these uh, sacrifice knives that that were used to sacrifice uh, animals. What are you doing? You think the devil forgets that just they were duty free? Listen, I'm telling you, the church needs to open up its eyes and see what is happening to it by self-inducement. We need to break these things up. Charms around our neck. You say, oh, they're just cute little charms. Listen, they are displacement of your faith in something else. That is not God. And so we have to clean up our houses. We have to clean up our homes. Hallelujah. Thank God. Praise God. All right. Feeling a little pressure here. Praise God. All right. Let's go to a Matthew twelve thirty three, And then we're going to, uh, I think, wrap up. Hallelujah. Now, folks, I'm, you know, sometimes people, Have you ever heard a, you know, hate the message, but don't kill the messenger? I I think sometimes that, that needs to be realized. You know, I'm not reading out of the book of Pete. I'm reading out of the book of the gospel. I'm reading out of the book of the revelation of God himself. And so what we have to do is if God says it, it has nothing to do with man, and it doesn't matter how man says it, and it doesn't matter how crude or how rude or how rough or how soft he says it. If God said it, it said. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. All right, uh, Matthew 12, 33, It says, Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt, For the tree is known by his fruit. That pretty sums up that our lifestyle, our attractants. You have the right to make it good or corrupt. You, not the devil, you. And it says, O generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak somebody say idle, idle. what does that mean? useless, unprovable unauthentic verbiage you are going to stand in account of why? One side of a story, fool's land, whatever it might be, whatever the purpose, when you create an idle conversation, bring out babblings that are not established and true in the mouth of two or three witnesses, if you were not there to accuse one and you say something that is idle. There is nothing, no purpose behind it. You don't want to afflict any pain on them. You just want to spread what you've heard. Those are idle words. Those words will condemn you. Those words will condemn you. False accusations or accusations have not been proved by you or taboo to you. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's the truth. And I I could go on the Internet and and listen to a uh, read a hundred things, but I want to hear somebody say it. And even at that, there are things that I listened to just last week. Some leaders said about homosexual uh, sexuality and lesbianism. And uh, I thought, what in the world would a man say that they were going to heaven for but see I wasn't there and I didn't hear the questions all I heard was the answer if I speak it would be idleness because I don't have any confirmation of any background that he spoke all I have is a recording that somebody dubbed off to let me know that this is what they wanted me to hear I have no right to say that until I have seen the line of questioning and then heard the interview in its entirety. You can't just take something off, well, but, 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 uh, uh YouTube and that's the gospel number two. It is the gospel, it's number two, but it ain't gospel. I'll just tell you that. How do you. You you believe people you don't even know about people you never met. How is that just? There's nothing just about it. It's condemnative. It's condemnative. We do just to other people just what the Pharisees, Sadducees did to Jesus. And it is totally wrong. Invest your life in something that's going to make a difference. Amen. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. Okay. And then it says this. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment for To by thy words thou shalt be justified. And by thy words thou shalt be condemned. In other words folks. When we do those things. The words are terrible. And they're going to be remembered. But the problem is. Is the core of the purpose. Inside the man. Inside the man. Because you don't talk. What you don't put in. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, there you go. You're happy. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Remember, lifestyles are attractants. Lifestyles are attractants. They will attract things And you start putting in things. Start putting in things. You need to make sure you put in stuff that is what? The things that you want to think on. Things that are pure. Things that are just. Things that are honest. Things that are holy. Things that are good. That's what we want to think on. If there's ever going to be any demonstration of the declaration of praise and glorification of God and virtue. That means any way of thinking justly and acting right, you're going to have to think right. So, let's not put stuff in there that we don't even know if it's any good or not. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, that you watched over people coming tonight, God. Watch over as they go home. And, God, we thank you, we pray for people that are not here, God. We pray for the people, God that are members of our church and other churches, we ask, God, that you would protect them. God, give them miracles in protecting their homes and their their, uh, things of value, their cars. God, they'll not lose things. God, give them words of knowledge to direct them to correct things that may shut the door to damage. And, God, we just ask that you do these things for your people in this weather, in this time, God, in Jesus' mighty name.